Hello, my sweet friends, and welcome back to A Touch of Clarity podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Charland, a woman on a mission to make you a better friend to yourself. I'm a cognitive somatic and intuitive healer, meaning I help you to align your mind, body, and soul. The intention behind the work I do is to help you to heal your past trauma, unblock your chakras, connecting with your guides and become the most awakened and abundant version of yourself. Through a range of science, holistic and energetic methods, I help others to step into a life full of love and full of intention. I hope this episode adds a touch of clarity into your day. Hello and welcome back to another episode. I am so excited to introduce my beautiful guest onto the show today. Her name is Kat and she has a beautiful soul-led business which is focused around yoga and movement. Kat helps people redefine what yoga means to them and to create a simplified and personalized practice. So welcome to the show, lovely. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Super excited to chat with you today. I know, I'm really excited and I would love it if you could just start by telling us where you are in the world. Yes, of course. Um, so as you can probably tell by my accent, um, I'm from the UK originally, but I'm actually living in Phuket in the south of Thailand uh, and I've been here for about four and a half years now, so very much feels like home. And um, yeah, the sun is shining, I'm pleased to say today. Um, We're in a kind of transition to rainy season, but I always say this, the weather's not great today. And then I speak to people back in the UK and they're just like, yes. Uh, Do you remember what the weather's like back here? And I'm like, true. (laughs) So I always feel very lucky to be um, in a place that where the sun shines a lot. So. Yes, I can relate. I'm originally from Devon in England. That's where I was born. Uh, I moved to Australia when I was six. So I have the same thing. Like at the moment, we're going into winter and like I'm freezing today. And then you talk to like my cousins or family back home and they're like, uh, your winter's still like a lot better than ours. So like, don't complain. <laughs> Absolutely. I always say these things and then I look down and I remind myself I'm wearing shorts. Um, yeah. so- it's been a while since I've worn a jumper. <laughs> yes, I love that. And we were just sharing just before we started recording that our experiences of Thailand have been very different. I went a few years ago and got really bad food poisoning, which just like ruins the whole trip. I was trying to power through. And I remember I went to all of these beautiful temples, but I was like still so ill and then ended up yeah coming home early and just like dying for like two weeks afterwards. And you were sharing that you're <laughs> having like such a beautiful like spiritual experience. I'm like yeah can't relate (laughs) (laughs) yeah you'll have to come back out so we can change your opinion of what Thailand's like (laughs) I think so I need that for sure (laughs) Um, so I would love to know your current spiritual or wellness practice that you're using for your own personal use yeah Uh, so kind of it's very simple um to be honest I'm not one for complicating things so I love a morning walk And that is really something that sets me up for my day. So um, I try to do it without switching on my phone in the morning. I find that this just helps me to wake up and to focus on how I'm feeling. Maybe, um, you know, something happened the day before that I want to reflect on. Or maybe I've just got to kind of process what I've got coming on that day. Whereas 
if I end up turning on my phone, then I find that my thoughts and my walk are basically based on what I've just seen on my phone. So I love to just get up quickly, chuck on my clothes. And I'm very lucky that I live right by a lake, which is um, also right by the beach as well. So my morning walk lasts for about 40 minutes. I leave my phone at home and of course, it's nice and warm here, so I can just go strolling, um, and that really sets me up for my day. And then when I come back, um, I journal whilst I'm having breakfast. Um, and journaling is a practice that I love. I know it's not for everyone. And I have to say, I really kind of, I'm either like an avid journaler where it's like, yes, every day I'm doing it. Um, and sometimes like my practice and my journaling practice falls off. But I know the difference when I'm regular with my journaling even if it is literally just one sentence or two sentences it makes such a difference and I don't know if you have a situation where you're like you've got a bit of a negative thought in your mind and you keep on feeling it come back and it's like you know you think oh yeah I've processed it you know I've forgotten about it and then two days later it will pop up again and it might be an incident that happened like weeks ago and for me journaling just allows to release that thought it's almost like I've told someone that you know I may not necessarily come to a conclusion or an answer but I've got it out on paper so it's like my brain can say you've you've done that now you've got rid of it you can empty that from your brain so so journaling for me and then of course yoga um I have a regular yoga practice and when I say regular I don't necessarily mean a 45 hour class or an like an hour class or even 90 minutes it can literally be anything from five minutes a day to say 30 minutes a day, maybe four times a week, five times a week, kind of just goes up and down really, but I don't put pressure on myself for it to look a certain way. It's just really how I'm feeling that day. And it generally happens to be in the morning, but sometimes halfway through the day, especially if I've been sat a lot at home, you know, sometimes when you just need to move your body, um, I find that that really helps. To, to balance my mind and also to help my body as well. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And I cannot wait to dive deeper into yoga with you throughout this episode. But I really love how you shared about journaling because for me, I'm at this stage and I can completely relate. I'm like off journaling at the moment just because I've been and I'm doing like quotations so busy, even though I know like <laughs> I need to make time for it. But I used to like even as close as like two weeks ago, every single day was journaling and it honestly makes you feel so much more free. Like I found today I've been like very reactive to people. Like I'm like, oh, whereas usually I would have like journaled about stuff prior and I'm not holding on to so much. So then if something happens, I don't have all this built up like resentment or like, you know, lots of little things that are kind of coming up. And it's so true that it is like this switch. Once you get it out, it's like, you've got it out of your mind onto paper. Like you said, it's like, has like this safe space to be held. And you're like, okay, I can move on from this now. And it's almost like you can take a breath and be like, yes, moving on. Like I've had enough. And then I also love that you shared with your overall practice that sometimes, you know, it can be like 10 minutes and sometimes it can be 45, which I think is beautiful. And there's, that's so special because I have some wellness uh, coaches or healers in my life who are amazing and I absolutely love them, but they preach like you have to have an hour routine or it's like, it's not good enough. Or, you know, your yoga practice in order to be beneficial has to be super long. So I really like that you're an advocate for like short and sweet because I think that's magical as well. 
Yeah, and I think it's such a good place to start. You know, we're going to talk about it a bit uh, later on about, you know, my my love of like simplicity, especially when it comes to yoga. But if we're setting ourselves up, you know, we okay, we want to start yoga or we want to create any habit and, okay, but it's got to be 45 minutes. It's got to be five times a week. And already I feel like a bit stressed by that, just the thought of that. So, you know, I always say to my clients, okay, what's the minimum you can do? Like if it's one day a week for 10 minutes, amazing. Well, that's still 10 minutes more than it was last week. So it's congratulating ourselves for just doing those tiny little steps. I love that. And it almost takes like, because I often create resistance when I'm like, okay, I need to journal and meditate and breath work and, you know, uh, yoga. Like I put so much pressure on it. I'm like all or nothing. It's like I'll do nothing for weeks. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I need to do all of these practices. So I really love that. Yeah, like you said, it's better than what you were doing before. And then you can just slowly like add to it, which is beautiful. Um, But I would love to know, and it's a big question, but I would love to know about you. So a little bit more about what you do, what you offer, and then also your journey that has led you into this field of work yeah so my current focus at the moment is predominantly yoga but I mix mobility in with it as well and I'm really about helping my clients create a simple and consistent practice but focusing on their self-practice so I do offer live classes as well but my my main message that I want to get across to people is that, you know, we don't have to rely on a teacher or a studio or, you know, any type of set practice. Actually, yoga for me is very much about finding the practice that works for you. So I really help people to kind of discover what that is for them. And really, that's all born out of the fact that that's what the journey that I took on myself. So if I take you back, maybe sort of, five years or so when I moved out to Thailand. Um, Previous to that, I was working in events, mainly in fundraising. And, you know, I have to say, like, I enjoyed my career. I loved it. You know, I really enjoyed the job. But I always felt like something was maybe a little bit missing. And a big shift in my personal life led me to come to a wellness retreat here in Thailand. First time I'd ever done anything like that on my own. First time I'd really kind of like traveled independently. And I was signed up for this wellness tree and they were like what do you want to get from it and I was like you know I just want to focus on fitness like I want to lose like weight and you know even when I look back then I like don't know why I wanted to lose weight but you know you get these things in your head you know and I just want to sort myself out wasn't anything to do with the mind it was all focused on the physical aspect and you know, that slightly changed when I came here, you know, you dive into different things. I'd never really tried meditation before. I was still very resistant to it, I have to say, just wasn't really necessarily for me. But you know, little bits, little moments just stuck with me. Had an amazing time. A year later, I actually returned to the same wellness retreat um, and had a very different experience then. I did a lot more um, yoga. I was already doing bits of yoga at home, um, but not like necessarily consistency, um, not very consistent. And the second time at the wellness retreat, I got a bit more into meditation. And long story short, after connecting with a lot of the staff and, you know, finding um, just like happy moments in the smallest of things there and I just felt so at home um they actually offered me a job so I went home um kind of like was self-employed at the time still working in events 
and was suddenly told my friends and family, I think I'm going to move to Thailand. And they were like, okay, (laughs) where's that come from? And I can't really explain it more just the fact that I kept on calling this place my happy place. And it's when I started to kind of think, well, what's the worst that can happen? You know, what if I try this and it doesn't work out? Well, you know, who cares? I'll go, I'll go back. You know, I haven't suddenly lost those skills or the contacts that I had before. So long story short, I ended up moving out here about eight months later. And I then got a bit more involved in, um, you know, more wellness side. So I was working as part of the wellness team, but also a personal trainer. So still mainly focused on more of that fitness side. And the yoga I was doing was like Bikram, Vinyasa. So you can imagine all that like hot, sweaty stuff. And if anyone hasn't tried Bikram before, it's in a heated room. And bearing in mind, it's generally about 30 degrees in Thailand in the first place. So I'm going from hot into hot. Uh, so stressing on my body and then pairing that with HIIT workouts and more high intensity things. And this coincided with issues with my menstrual cycle. Um, They actually completely stopped for about two years. And I worked with a nutritionist. And when we kind of looked at what I was doing to my body, essentially, he was said, how about you try like something a bit more restorative? Maybe don't try the Bikram, maybe try like the yin or just something a little bit calmer. So that's when I started to kind of dive in and change my practice a little bit. But I found it really hard to connect with yin because as someone who was very much constantly in their yang energy, you can imagine when they're just like, and lay in this posture for five minutes. I'm like, um... I don't know if I really get this. Like, can I move now? Like, you know, it's way too calming. Um, So I I found it really challenging at start, to be honest. And um, thankfully, my menstrual cycle came back with various different um, changes in my lifestyle. But then if we fast forward a few years um, at the start of COVID, my cycle actually stopped again. I was doing, again, a bit more focus on HIIT workouts and, you know, still the kind of intense uh, yoga. And I think with the stress of, like everyone kind of, you know, experienced during COVID, just the stress and what the hell was going on with us, um, my period stopped again. And I wanted to continue with yoga. So I think like everyone, I jumped online and I started doing classes with different studios But I started to get super distracted. So I'd be doing a class and then obviously we're at home. We're not used to practicing at home at this point. You know, Zoom is quite a new thing. Um, And I'd suddenly see something would need washing up or I'd suddenly decide that I needed to go to the bathroom or I'd suddenly decide that I was hungry and I would just get super distracted. And I just kind of like fell out of love with any sort of online yoga, which is crazy because now it's it's what I love teaching. So from there, I started to really explore like my own practice because I found it super beneficial. I found that that I needed more of that sort of yin, like restorative style practice in my life. So instead, I just started to move my body, come onto my mat and started to explore poses in ways that felt good for me. So I wasn't too worried about holding a pose for five minutes or I wasn't uh, sorry for five breaths. Um, I wasn't too worried about going from this posture to this posture or working up to an arm balance or a headstand or something. Instead, I would just literally say, okay, what parts of my body are feeling it today? 
And that's how my kind of practice evolved. And that's really now the main thing that I help my clients with is to help them find a practice that works for them. And that literally might be one posture done in a few different ways. But it's much more about exploring the thing that works for you rather than saying, okay, I'm only going to do vinyasa yoga or I'm only going to do hatha yoga. Why can't it just be a combination of all these things and something that really suits you? So that's my journey of how really I've kind of got to where I am today. It's been a various path of um, stressful exercise, focusing mainly on here and then really just coming full circle back to a much more restorative practice. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. It's so nice to hear how people get to where they are because it's, you know, you're more than just your business or what we see online. So it's really nice to hear that and connecting with your story. And I really like that it kind of all began at a retreat and you mentioned how you went there first and then you had an experience and then you left and then you came back and you had a completely different experience and I say that with my clients being a healer they can lie on the bed and have one experience come back in a few weeks or a few months I do the exact same thing but they experience something completely different and I love that because it really shows that we change and evolve and different things come to us at different times and your story really speaks to divine timing as well how you went and then all of a sudden like you were offered a position and then you came and then even going through what you went through with COVID and like you said it was basically like a full circle and if you didn't go through some of that maybe you wouldn't be where you are now or you know have your business set up to how it is so I yeah I love that I think it's really interesting. Yeah absolutely and I think it's you know it's so funny I was reflecting a few months ago about because of a few of my friends who have obviously known me for a long time they are like it's so funny seeing you as a, a yogi because before it was very much, you know, cats more. I, I also do CrossFit, so it's like my yin and my yang. And, you know, they're very much seeing me before as the person who's more into, you know, just fitness focus. I do all the big challenge events. I tick all those, you know, boxes, the marathon, the triathlon, all these sort of things. And I was definitely one of those people who used to say, like, I'm not a yogi. Like, yoga is not for me. There's no way I'm just going to sit here and, you know, move slowly. And, I think that's you know an important point like we do evolve and we change as as not necessarily as we get you know just older but things happen to us in life that maybe lead, lead us down this slightly different journey and I think it's just kind of embracing and trying new things and not to say I'm I'm this or I'm that because actually we never know where our journey is going to take us. That's so true. And even when you were speaking before, it like reminded me because before I became a breathwork teacher, I used to resist breathwork so much. Like I hated it. And when I used to do it, like my body would just resist it. And I often say to clients as well, like the thing that you resist the most is the thing that we need to look at. So if they say to me like, oh no, I don't want to look at inner child. Or like, I don't want to do breathwork. I'm like, hmm, let's do that. <laughs> and yeah, If you didn't maybe tap into that, like, you know, into doing yin yoga, or even slowing down yeah you may not be where you are and I also really liked something you mentioned before was that like Thailand was your happy place and I think that like we've been conditioned through society to think that like our job or where we live or you know life pressures can't be something that we can like enjoy like I used to feel like that with my job when I worked a corporate job it was like it's normal to hate 
the eight hours of your day that you're there. And I used to be like, no, like you spend majority of your life working. Like I don't want to hate it. I want to love it. And then when I opened up the wellness center and I was working here, it took me a while to kind of like understand that it was still work, even though I was enjoying it. Like I used to think that unless I was like really busy and like tired or maybe resisting like going to work being like oh I've got so much to do then it wasn't productive or successful and I love that you moved to your happy place and now your happy place is like your home and your like real life yeah I think I think we so often get um that we get into this like constant thought that you know work has to look a certain way or that we have to get used to certain things like I hear so often you know, a lot of my clients would be like, oh, I've got like shoulder problems, but I'm just used to it now. And literally, I'm, I'm always like, you know, you don't have to be used to it. You know, we're not, we can either, you know, work to help relieve that, you know, but it's the same thing when it comes to a job or a place like, yes, you know, it depends on your situation a lot. But even if you're in a job you hate, or, you know, a place that you would, you know, love to move away from, you can always make little changes, little shifts to maybe just bring a few more kind of happy moments into your day. And it's when you realize what those are, like, I call Thailand my happy place. But when I think about the things that make me happy, you know, it's not necessarily the country as such, it's, okay, well, it's a it's a warm country. So I love being in the sunshine, things are a little more relaxed here. So it's those things that why it's my happy place and yeah that could be Thailand but I'm sure it's also possible in lots of other countries and places around the world. That's so true yeah and going back to the menstrual cycle part as well I get lots of clients that have like extremely painful cycles and they'll come to me and I'm like you know that it's not actually supposed to be painful like a little bit here and there you know like a little bit of a niggle here and there but like the extreme stomach cramps or bloating or you know all of these things it's not actually normal we've just been conditioned to put up with it as women yeah and yeah and when you actually look into like like you said the shoulder pain or you know most people because we're on our phone so much or looking down we all have neck pain it's like oh that's normal and it's like it's actually not we're just used to it as a society (laughs) absolutely (laughs) (laughs) so I know we've kind of touched on it already throughout the past few questions but I would love to know what has been the big thing or the main thing that has amplified your healing journey Mm, great question I think it's I got rid of the need to be perfect or the, you know, the, the idea that there is even a perfect. So before when I worked in events, like a spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet was, you know, obviously my friend, like everything has to be correct. Everything has to be on time. Everything has to be detailed. So, you know, it kind of follows this pattern and there isn't room for much of an error when it comes to working in events, because, you know, it really can fall apart if something goes wrong. So I kind of always, I guess, had that tendency to like lean on that side of being a perfectionist. And now I look back, I think that was also like something that I put on myself when it comes to, you know, my own sort of personal care or, you know, my own fitness journey. Like I was always, you know, putting myself in these situations where I'd have to really focus and, you know, things like running a marathon. It's like, well, you need to train, you need to put the effort in. So I was always building myself up into these like stressful situations, let's say. And, you know, it's the same with a a yoga practice. I'd used to go into classes and then be like, 
oh, well, that person can do a headstand. So that's what I now want to do. And I was always like looking around and comparing myself and thinking like that's where I needed to go. And and actually, when I just sort of start looking at in a different way of like, well, actually, it doesn't have to look that way. My practice or um, whatever it is I'm focusing on um, can you know, be or look however I want it to be, then that's okay. You know, and that kind of led to me stopping comparing myself to like other people's and whether it was like their journey in their own personal life um, or whether it was their journey in their, you know, yoga practice or fitness practice. I kind of started to let go of that sort of comparison side. And you know, I guess it's almost like a little bit competitive side as well. It's is wanting to achieve this or achieve that and letting go of that has been one of the like big things that's just kind of helped me to just enjoy the journey a bit more and I guess see where it takes me I think we all love to to have our like lives mapped out and you know how many times are we constantly getting asked like what's our five-year goal or what's your plans and especially living abroad like as an expat one of the questions I constantly get asked is, oh, so are you staying in Thailand forever? And literally I'm like, oh, forever? Like, I don't know if I can answer that. Like, you know, what do you even mean by forever for the rest of my life? Like, that is an impossible question. So it's interesting when people do ask me that because I hear myself asking that exact question probably when I first moved over here. And I, or when I was considering over, moving over here, um, I actually was laughing about with a friend recently because about when I first got offered a job, I sent her this email and it was like, what's it like living in Thailand? How do you get a scooter? Do you need a driving license? Do you need a work permit? Like, how do you, it's like literally a list of all these questions. And then I had um, someone ask me very similar questions recently because they're thinking about moving over here. And I laughed to myself and I thought, wow, that's, and I actually realized that sort of, you know, almost like a big thing that I've let go of um, is that need to constantly like have everything mapped out and the need to have everything, you know, in line. And, and that really comes back to, you know, me wanting to have that perfect, smooth journey, which just doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interrupting this episode to invite you if you are enjoying this or feeling the pull to book in with me for a one-on-one -on -one healing session. I'm now very excited that I can offer both in person at my wellness center in Sterling and also virtual sessions via Zoom. And I also offer a three-month container of working with me, which you get six sessions, which are held fortnightly, plus Voxer access to me Monday to Friday and an online portal full of meditation, breath work, sound healing and other spiritual and wellness practices. I have a range of different offerings from Reiki, sound healing, breath work, manifestation, spiritual growth, intuition strengthening, partner sessions, plus so much more. I would love to offer a $10 discount code for my beautiful podcast listeners. All you need to 
do to claim this beautiful discount code is send me a dm on instagram reference podcast discount and we can organize that in your dms obviously some terms and conditions apply and this discount code is only relevant for one discount per customer If you have any questions at all or if this sounds like something you would be keen on giving a go, send me a DM on Instagram at a touch of clarity or an email at a touch of clarity 11 at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you in a one-on-one healing session. Now let's dive back into today's show. I love that. And throughout you talking, like I'm constantly like through different bits. I'm like, oh yeah, that's your yang energy. And then I'm like, oh, you've transitioned into your yin. And it's so true. Like threaded throughout that whole conversation was like the wounded yang and then like the divine yin that you've like kind of stepped into now. And I think like it definitely shows up for the listeners of the podcast and also my clients. Like we have this kind of comparison with people's like highlight reels you know on social media it's so readily available now like there's a you know there's quite a few um like uh spiritual people that I follow who really show up and they give like the raw stuff when they're having good times and bad times but 90% of the time people are just posting their best stuff you know I'm guilty of that too you don't see me crying behind the scenes with my business because I'm (laughs) overwhelmed and you know not not got enough money or you know whatever like you do show up well um so yeah and I think I loved how you said about like not comparing to people in their like yoga practice and stuff because I think it's quite common that you can look at people and not realize where they are on their journey so like for example with me and the business or even like the social media side I'll look at people and be like oh they've got x amount of followers or x amount of clients and I'm like you're comparing like your chapter one to their chapter 20 like you're just not even in the same game like you shouldn't compare and I think from what you were speaking to like it takes so much pressure off and then I was finding myself like in a similar situation like almost creating a fake version of me because like I was trying to keep up and like it wasn't authentic to me so yeah I love how you shared that because it just sounds so freeing yeah absolutely and to be honest this is one reason uh the comparison side is why i love and encourage my like students to create a home practice rather than thinking they always need to go to a studio because if you have that slight like competitive streak or you know the um constantly comparing yourself with people chances are when you get into that class you'll probably if it's your one of your first classes you'll probably pick one of the maps at the back because you kind of want to hide from everyone but it also allows you to see everyone in front of you as well. And you'll start comparing, you know, maybe not just your practice, but your body, what you're wearing, like, you know, who knows anything that sort of comes up. Whereas if we take that out of the equation with practice at home, you know, your down dog might look completely different to my down dog. But, you know, it's not that immediate comparative, like, element that they're oh they're side by side and you know oh that person looks so much better in that posture than me and it just takes it out of the equation I love that it's so true like I did hot yoga for a while and I loved it I really did but there was so much that came up and I know obviously that was part of what I needed to like work through as well but yeah there, I remember there was this one class it was a male um instructor and I have a lot of like 
wounds from the masculine as well, like with my childhood traumas and stuff. So I didn't realize because his name was like gender neutral. So I thought it was a woman and I rock up and I'm like, ah, and then he was like very good and very fast and like super energetic. But there's like me who like could doesn't even know what half of the poses like names are so I'm like trying to look at him doing all these crazy things and it was so quick and then I like never went back because I was just like I internalized like I was really bad compared to Mm. everybody else and and like you said there was I think it was his girlfriend at this front as well and she was just beautiful and like I'm (laughs) in such a different like stage now where I feel a lot more comfortable but at the time it was very much so in the beginning of my journey and I remember looking at her and him and just being like I should not be here. Like, I don't deserve to be here. You know, they look like this god and goddess and there's me like sweating in the back, like out of breath, like shaking. Um, So yeah, I love that. I think I would for sure be doing yoga so much more regularly if it was like through somebody like you where it's super safe and it's sacred and you're still honoring the practice, but you're also like honoring yourself. So I think there's so much magic in what you're creating. Mm, Thank you. So because we've kind of transitioned into yoga, I would love to know what the benefits are for doing a regular yoga practice. Mm. So, I mean, obviously a lot of physical benefits. I think a lot of people will focus mainly on the physical benefits, you know, and that word flexibility is such a buzzword. Um, And yes, yoga will bring, you know, some flexibility. Um, But it's so much more than the physical benefits. Um, I feel that it really allows us to understand like our bodies, especially if we're moving in a slightly slower way. You know, it's coming back to like the difference between doing something like a vinyasa practice, which is um, you're moving through the postures a bit quicker. Whereas if we're able to slow it down, we can really just say to ourselves, oh, like, how is my body like feeling? Does this feel good for me? Should I maybe make any modifications or anything? Or maybe it's just a sign of, okay, this part of my body, you know, my shoulders, for example, are feeling a little bit sticky, maybe a little bit tight. So maybe it gives you that message during your yoga practice, but it's also something that we can then take that learning and take it off the mat as well. Because if it is our shoulders, for example, Well, what's causing that? Are we spending too much time like hunched over at the desk? Are we spending too much time on our phones? Or, you know, is it just a case of maybe we just need to change our posture slightly? And having that regular practice, you know, rather than maybe just doing it sort of once a week or, you know, a couple of times a month or something. I feel like that's when we can really learn to see what these signs our body is giving us. Because our body is telling us like all these signs all the time, you know, like just simply spending a minute, two minutes focusing on the breath. That can tell a sign straight away. If it's super fast and we're coming from the chest, then, you know, we know that maybe if it hasn't been, you know, uh, the breath hasn't been increased through exercise or something, you know, maybe we're in a bit of a stressful situation or something has caused us a bit of anxiety. Yeah, it can be the same with that with our yoga practice. You know, you can really understand what areas are holding tightness and, you know, use that um, to really apply, like, as we come off the mat as well, and maybe just switch things up in your day. And I feel like when we're talking about yoga, there's so much emphasis on the physical side. And 
yes, that is amazing. But then we'll have a lot of people say, oh, well, I don't have time for yoga because I also do X, Y, and Z. I go to the gym and, you know, everything like that. And I am an example of that. I also do CrossFit, as I said before. So I spend probably like four times a week, four or five times a week, I go to CrossFit classes. Now, what is that is absolutely amazing. And I love it for my strength and, and also the community side. I can use my yoga as more of my restorative yin practice. So it will complement my other activities. And again, perfect, whether I've got, you know, five minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour, whatever it is, it can complement that. So the one thing I always say to people is like when they're like, oh, no, well, I can't fit everything in. I don't have time for yoga because I go to the gym as well. And it's like, well, how about if you saw it as it's going to be only it's going to benefit you in the other exercises that you're doing? We all know that if we're doing strength training, then, you know, our bodies are going to naturally like firm up. But that's maybe also going to lead to some you know, tightness in the body. So then if you're able to counteract that with um, something that is that is opposite, a bit more mindful, um, then you're, it's only going to get benefits. Mm, that's so true. And I think it's so powerful that you spoke to the fact that our body is always trying to communicate with us. Like, as I mentioned in the first part of this episode already, like as a society, we're just kind of conditioned to like, swallow some pills and like keep going and like hustle and like not really listen to that and it's something that I've been trying to do maybe like the last I don't know 18 months is before I take Nurofen like obviously if you need to do that but like I'll actually sit with it and be like what is this trying to communicate and half the time it's saying like you're overworked or like you're tired or like yeah you need to lean back into your more spiritual practices so I think it's so true and also how you mentioned that it almost has like a knock-on effect. Like if you can prioritize like yoga, not only for your physical health, but also your mental, emotional and spiritual health, it will then roll on into other aspects of your day and your life as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think it really allows us to just take a moment away from our days. You know, it's like anything where we sat at the maybe computer for too long. I'm, I work from home or from cafes mainly. So I definitely get to a point in my day where I'm just like, oh, like I feel it in my shoulders, my lower back, everything. And it might not be a case that I can then just come onto my mat, you know, at home and practice. But I can certainly stand up. I can have a little walk around. I can just reach my arms overhead. I can just open up through my chest. Um, and just knowing that that is perfectly acceptable and an amazing practice, as well as maybe a 45-minute practice. Because as we were saying before, you know, if we're able to just take one or two steps, you know, if it's five minutes, amazing. If it's literally one stretch, amazing. Um, but it's recognizing that that's what our body is asking for um, or our mind is asking for. Because, you know, when something happens and you're like super stressed or and something's annoyed you and sometimes you just have to be like, do you know what? Let me just give myself like two minutes to absorb that before I apply to that email or that message. And sometimes just moving your body, you know, shaking it out, as we say, can just help you to be like, okay, well, maybe that person didn't mean it that way. Maybe I just read that. And that's the opinion that I formed in my brain. So, you know, it just allows us that little, a little pause. 
and reflect. Yes, I love that pause and reflect because <laughs> it's so easy to just like blurt the first thing, the trigger, the, like the response that you first have. And so, yeah, like you said, just shaking it out. I think like dance and even just like shaking mm. is so powerful. It doesn't even have to be like this huge thing. It can be something so, so simple. And speaking of, I know that a lot of your work is focused around creating simple wellness practices. So I would love it if we can just chat to that for a moment. Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm very much, well, I think it's kind of borne out the fact I live in Thailand. Like I'm constantly like saying it's just such a simple place to live. Like, you know, Thailand and Thai people especially are just known as generally being happy and being, you know, happy in the simplest way. And that very much is kind of weaved into my yoga practice now because you know, I'm such a believer that life in itself is just so overwhelming like you know if we wake up and think you know and bearing in mind I'm a single person let alone if I had a partner if I had kids or you know parents that depended on me or uh, whatever situation I'm in or you know an employee that needs me to work like 40 hours a week for them um so life is so overwhelming and I'm I'm always of, of the belief that it's like okay so general life overwhelming so why are we adding in, you know, fitness or mindful activities that are also overwhelming? You know, as you alluded to before, like there'll be some people who say, you know, it's no point in doing these practices, whether it's breath work or, um, you know, journaling or yoga or, you know, fitness, for example, just general fitness, unless it's 45 minutes or an hour. But if that's already stressing us out, you know, then that's just going to add another layer of overwhelm. So I am just all about starting with the basics and started with simple. And yes, we can look at something on Instagram and be, oh, I'd love to do that fancy pose where my leg is here and my arm is here or something. And it's great to have those goals. But if you're just starting out, I think if anything, that is just going to make you feel like, disheartened and a bit of a failure and like you're here as the starting point and you've got so far to go and you know what about if you just got on the mat and you just did one pose in just a really simple like child's pose for example you know we can modify child's pose to make it a slightly more active posture or a slightly more passive posture so what if you just like started there and just focusing on actually how that feels rather than whether it looks like something fancy, looks like something that you want to post on Instagram, like looks like something you're going to get loads of likes. Mm. Just keep it simple. <laughs> I love it. It's so true. Like just as you're talking, I'm like reflecting and I'm not bagging like this hot yoga place that I went to because it was beautiful, but it's the only <laughs> like class that I went to. So it's the only point of reference that I have. But when I went there, as I said, it was very fast paced. And so it didn't really give you any opportunity to like connect in. And lately I've been doing like movement meditation, which again is kind of like taking the pressure off of a yoga practice because I was like, I'm so bad at yoga. So I had like automatic resistance there whereas I started just doing like you said like child's pose but really connecting with my breath and kind of incorporating some breath work and the other day I was on the mat and I literally think that I like knelt down into the position and I like wrapped my arms around me in the pose and I just sobbed and I was like I haven't even started yet and like that like 30 seconds was more powerful in that moment than like an hour class that I'd done like previously so yeah I think 
we kind of look like overlook simplicity sometimes because like our logical minds like it has to be complicated in order for it to be effective but it's sometimes the opposite yeah absolutely and you, you know that's so powerful you're like you leaned into your emotions like actually if you got onto that mat that day and went to yeah like a sweaty hour for um hour 60 minute uh, yoga class chances are when you came out of that you would have just added another layer of you know stress to your mind and whereas actually because you decided to take things a little bit slower and just say okay well maybe I'm going to do this and actually the moment you stopped your body just went oh thank you that's exactly what I needed that emotion was gone rather than us just adding another layer of stress and more layers of stress which I think we often do We definitely do. And for somebody who is wanting to start a yoga practice, who's listening to this and is like, yes, like I want to do this, but I don't know where to start. Can you please share some advice? Yeah, of course. So as we were, you know, saying like, just start simple. I think there are hundreds, you know, if not thousands of all different yoga postures out there. And, you know, depending on what teachers you go to, depending on what classes you go to, you can kind of get led down this rabbit hole of all these different variations. So, you know, I like to think, okay, well, what parts of my body need it the most tends to be things like my hips, my spine and my shoulders. So the three areas, you know, that end up creating a lot of tightness, both through sitting, but also through other activities that I do. So maybe you identify three postures that work for you. So if it's things like your spine, you know, including the whole of your spine, or maybe you're looking at something like cat-cow, learn that posture, but also learn how to modify it. So, you know, if maybe it's your lower back um, that's feeling a little bit sticky, maybe just learn how to focus more on the lower back in your cat-cow position. So don't get overwhelmed by everything that's out there. And also don't just follow someone else's practice or schedule um, or, you know, type of practice just because it works for them. So focus on yourself, learn the basics. And then the other thing I'd say is make sure you actually schedule it in. Because like any habit we're trying to create, whether it's healthy eating, whether it's fitness or, you know, waking up earlier, you know, it's all well and good um, taking, you know, putting these actions in place. Yep. Okay. Well, I know my three postures. This is what I'm going to do, but we actually need to do it. We need to take the, and and James Clear, like I absolutely love his work um, when it comes to his atomic habit habit books and, and anything that any podcast that he ever does, I'm just always like, oh yes, amazing. So simple. And he talks about the difference between action and motion. So, you know, action would be, you know, buying the yoga mat or learning, um, to find picking your three postures. Well, the motion is what, you know, gets you to the habit. And that would be getting on your mat. So schedule it, but actually get on your mat and do it as well. <laughs> That's such a good point. And I'm like laughing because literally behind me as I'm recording, I bought a new round um, yoga mat so that I can do like my somatic releases like I shared just before. But I also bought a really like bougie, nice yoga mat. And I was like, I'm going to buy this because it will motivate me to like get on it because it's beautiful and it makes me feel good. And I used it once <laughs> since buying it. 
<laughs> so it's so true. Like I'm very much a planner. So I think it's really powerful to like actually write it in your diary. Like I wouldn't reschedule clients or like a podcast like I'm doing now. So why would I reschedule my own little date night? So yeah, I think that's very powerful. And I like <laughs> that you spoke to like picking three like poses because when I first even like wellness in general like there's so much resource out there which is amazing like we live in such a beautiful time where it's like readily available but that can cause overwhelm as well Absolutely. so I think yeah you're that's like a very very beneficial and such a good point to mention that um and I know we've kind of like mentioned this sort of throughout, but what is the biggest limitation or issue that you see people doing when they're trying to create a yoga pose or practice? Mm. If I think about them creating a home yoga practice, which is, you know, obviously what I'm trying to encourage people to do, because I think it doesn't ever feel so many barriers about getting to or trying yoga in a studio because, you know, that feels a bit more normal to us or it certainly did pre-COVID anyway. But the biggest limitation, the common thing that I hear when it comes to, when I ask people, you know, why don't you, um, what, what, why hasn't a home practice really stuck for you? They always say they don't know if they're doing it right. So that in itself, we think there needs to be a right way. And For me, it's again, it's coming back to how it feels in your body. So yes, as a teacher, I can guide you. I can talk to you about, you know, what position your body should be in. What maybe areas of your body you're maybe feeling this stretch, but I'm also not your body and that your body has gone through completely different stories that my body has gone into. So when we're going into these postures and, you know, even in a child's pose, for example, maybe you feel it more in the hips, maybe I feel it more in the shoulders, the lower back, wherever. So I always try to encourage people to don't think that there is like a right way of doing things. Actually, there's a right way for you. And while, you know, yoga teachers are there to essentially try and keep you as safe and to guide you into postures, I don't believe that we're there to you know force you to do anything or to say your foot has to go there or like your hips have to be at this degree angle because actually what is your normal your normal is completely different uh, to my normal I love that I've never heard like a yoga teacher talk in that sort of sense because I've heard people say you know like yeah there's a specific way you have to turn and I have scoliosis so sometimes when I'm doing poses I can't hold like my like my right foot or leg in a certain way because it puts too much pressure on the left side of my back and vice versa. So I really like that because I used to feel a little bit self-conscious because, you know, not every teacher knows like your medical conditions in like busy studios. So I used to be like, oh, they're going to see that like my like back isn't straight, but it's not like that I'm holding the position wrong is that my back is not straight. Like I can't actually do that. So yeah, I think that that's really beautiful that you kind of set the scene in the beginning and that kind of, yeah, safe environment again. Yeah. And I think it's very much about educating yourself on your body because, you know, like you said, with your spine and, you know, I have a client who has a upper back very rounded. So that causes so much tightness through the shoulders So when, you know, we're saying about rising your arms over your head, keeping your your arms ideally in line with your shoulders so they're directly overhead and not in front of the body and not allowing your chest to collapse forward, 
that is literally impossible for my client. So their overhead, in fact, looks like something that's more like a 45 degree angle in front. Otherwise, they start rounding through the shoulders, they start rounding through the back, the chest collapses forward. Now, would I go in regardless whether it's on, you know, if I'm in person with them and suddenly force them into a situation that their body does not feel comfortable in and also doesn't have strength in, doesn't have that mobility to stay in that position? Well, then that suddenly becomes, you know, my practice and not your practice, which is Mm. not the point. (laughs) Yes, that's so true. And I know you've mentioned already some really helpful tips, but if people are feeling like they're worried about the confidence when it comes to yoga, how would you recommend that they can build some confidence within their practice? Mm, Yeah, I love this because it's, you know, it's going back to what stops people getting on the mat is, you know, they don't know, they don't know if they're doing it right. And I see that as they don't feel like they're confident enough. And confidence isn't something, you know, we're born with. Confidence is really something that happens over time that we can build. So when you're looking to build confidence, I'm going to suggest you spend more time on your mat. (laughs) Again, (laughs) it doesn't have to be 45 minutes, doesn't have to be an hour. It can literally be the same posture, you know, three times a week, four times a week. Because when we are able to, you know, continually, do the movements and know what feels good for us instead of spending that time of being like oh I think I'm doing it wrong let me just put my foot there or put my foot there instead you're going to come straight onto the mat you're going to know what modifications your body needs to do and I think this is actually such a benefit with teaching online rather than in-person classes because in person we're often because we know the teachers there we feel as you know and this is speaking for myself as well as a student if we're doing something and i quote unquote wrong then the teacher is going to correct us and maybe they're going to guide us in a different way or they're going to you know shift our body like it's slightly whereas when we're at home regardless you know i can see on zoom i can see everyone but you know it's not a 360 degree view so maybe i can't see perfectly or i can't give you personalized modifications you know if we've got a lot of people in class So instead, it encourages you to be your own yoga teacher. It encourages you to build the confidence and to know what feels good for your body and what what doesn't. So just practice more. That's what I'm going to (laughs) suggest. I love that. And I really like the point of being your own yoga teacher because that's really powerful in itself. And again, it brings in more confidence and self-assurance, which I think is beautiful to add to a practice anyway. Definitely. I feel like I could talk to you for hours and you really <laughs> motivated me to like go after this. Like I'm feeling because I've been at my desk all day, like my shoulders are tight. So I'm like, I'm going to finish this call and I'm going to go straight on my mat. So thank you so much for sharing <laughs> so much wisdom and your energy is just beautiful. Like I said, I could be in your energy all day. Um, so if people are feeling the same that I am feeling and they want to work with you, what are your current offerings and how does that kind of look? them yeah so I have two main offerings um I currently have a online studio so I do have some clients um in person here in Paquette but most of my work is online now and I had teach three live classes a week and they're focused um yoga but also weaves in quite a lot of mobility because I love teaching more about mobility um it just gets us to understand 
what our body is doing rather than, you know, like I say, just moving through the postures with no awareness. So I teach three live classes. They're all they're, um, different ones. They're all suitable for beginners. Majority of my students um, are beginners. Um, so we don't, I don't think I've ever taught a headstand or a handstand, put it that way. Maybe <laughs> might have thrown a crow pose once in the last couple of years, but that's about it. So <laughs> they're all very gentle. Um, so yeah, I have an online studio, but I also run a four week program and it's what I call the confident yogi school. Um, so it's helping people to become confident focused with their self-practice and focused with their self-practice at home so for those people who you know who have said I don't know what I'm doing I'm not gonna I can't practice at home because I don't think I'm doing it right um you know I don't know what to do it's really for those you know if you find yourself saying those questions um then come and check it out that sounds amazing. And I love the name as well. That's so beautiful. <laughs> um, I will obviously pop all of your details in the show notes, but where can people find you and where's the best place to connect with you? Um, so on my socials is where I'm most active. So I'm on Instagram um, at cat um, underscore Amy, that's K-A-T underscore, and then Amy is A-M-E-Y. Um, I've got one of those names I always have to spell out. (laughs) It's like never spelt how people think it's going to be spelt. Um, And then on Facebook, I have an active Facebook group, um, which is called the Confident Yogi Club. So if that sounds like a club that you want to be involved in, um, I post lots of short practices. um, So it's just anything from two minutes to five minutes to sort of 15 minutes. Um, And I also get lots of uh, guests that pop in. Um, other wellness experts. We had a laughter yoga session um, the other week, which was great fun. So there's lots of things happening in there. So come and join that and connect with me in there. I love that. I'm going to go and search that group after this (laughs) episode because it sounds so fun. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me. It's honestly been such a pleasure to connect with you. And I really wish you all the best with your venture in Thailand, whether it's for forever or not. (laughs) Um, I hope that, yeah, you continue to enjoy it because it sounds beautiful. Oh, thank you. It's been amazing to chat with you today. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. Remember that you can't rewrite your past, you can only recode your future. If you want more information on the work I do, please visit my website www.atouchofclarity.com.au or come over to my Instagram at a touch of clarity. Please remember to subscribe and write a review as it means so much to me. Have a beautiful day and I really hope that we connect again soon.